everyone. I'm Al Grego, and this is the Yes, We Are Open podcast. Wellington Place, a small district in the southern part of Toronto, Ontario, one of the city's 158 neighborhoods, bordered west to east by Bathurst Street and Simcoe Street, and north to south by Queen Street West and Front Street West. After the town of York was founded in 1793, Wellington Place was part of the military reserve, an open piece of land swept by the guns of Fort York. Hard to believe considering it's now part of Toronto's bustling downtown core. In fact, private buildings weren't allowed to be built in Wellington Place until 1833. Then in 1837, two squares were planned, Victoria Memorial Square and Clarence Square, both now parks connected by Wellington Street. According to the 2016 census, the population of Wellington Place is just over 17,000. Today, the area is a mix of casual and higher-end restaurants, several nightclubs and chill bars, mostly along King Street West. That's where I am, walking just a block west of the fashion district at Spadine and King West. I walk into a four-story brick building with multiple tenants. I take the elevator up to the third floor, where I'm about to meet the subject of this week's story, Down Under Travel. That's Jason. He's just flown in from Calgary, where he lives and the location of Down Under Travel's head office. Today, we're meeting in their temporary Toronto location. Well, first of all, where are we going to record? Jason leads me into a quiet meeting room where we set up for his interview. Hello, I'm Jason Webb. I'm the managing director of Down Under Travel Limited. When was Down Under Travel founded? We started Down Under Travel in 2004, April. I grew up in uh, Australia, in Western Australia, in Perth, and uh, moved here in 1996. And uh, I was in travel before that and continued that when I came into Calgary. Okay, so you've always had a background in travel and tourism. Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. In the travel agency capacity, or or did you have other roles? Largely been in retail travel. Uh, Did a little bit of corporate travel when I came to Canada. Didn't like that. It was horrifying because it was very different to retail. Corporate travel is largely around uh, dealing with business travellers all the time and they're really not happy about travelling, whereas when we're booking travel for our retail passengers, they're all very happy and very nice to work with. So uh, much prefer retail travel and that's where I went back to after my stint in corporate. So when I was working for Anza Travel for seven years, my wife and I were actually on a holiday in Australia and it was in March and we were talking and we, when we first came to Canada, uh, my wife is from Canada, but uh, when I moved here, our plan was to save hard for a couple of years and then go back to Australia and buy a business and do our own thing. But things were really good in Calgary and you know, we love Calgary. It's a great city and we love Canada. And my motto is, if it ain't broke, right. why fix it, right? So we thought, well, let's just stick it out. And it became three years, four years, five years. But then when we're on that trip in Australia in March of 2004, we said, you know, if we don't buy a business now, we're never going to buy one. So we just need to make that commitment. So when we came back to Calgary, we made an appointment with a business broker. That was on the Wednesday. And then on the Friday, we got an email from our company saying, don't let the door hit you on the butt on the way out. We're closed. So it took about 24 hours. And when the smoke settled, 
we knew what to do. I've always treated my clientele like my own business. So I had my own database. I was one of the early pioneers of email marketing back in the early 2000s. I would get a seat sell in, I'd email out to 800 people on my database and people would come in and book with me. So I was very much involved with keeping a clientele base, but it was all under the umbrella of the company I was working for. And I knew I could never take that business with me because they would sue me. So I was looking to buy business outside of travel. And then after about 24 hours of being told the company was out of business, we knew what we were to do. So I was able to take that database and just start my own business, which was perfect timing. The stars lined up, right? Mm-hmm. And they—you always hear people say you've got to strike when the opportunity presents itself. Absolutely. But when you hear that, you don't know when that is, right? But then when it does hit you, you know it. Yeah, you have to yeah. be ready to jump on. That's, yes, it's that's, crazy. That's great. company was you and your wife basically leading it or did you have partners no it was me running it my wife was working also in human resources Mm -hmm. for an oil and gas company and i was running the business i took one of the staff members with me from the other company and we just started building from there then in 2007 we started toronto we found stephanie here as a great partner and we started our toronto office and in 2009 we found jane in vancouver and started our vancouver office Hi, I'm Stephanie Delaney, um, destination specialist and part business owner of the Toronto office for Down Under Travel. Jason and I met at a Tourism Australia event in Toronto. We didn't know each other. Um, we just struck up a conversation and that was that was the end of that conversation. And, and later I heard that he was looking to expand in Toronto, so I, I called him. What was your background in travel? I worked for other travel companies specializing in Australia, so I had a, quite a bit of knowledge on that side. And I was looking to grow from where my position was at the time. So how do you become a specialist in Australia? The Tourism Board helps you with some programs to get your bearings right, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, traveling there, of course, down under will send staff to Australia mm-hmm. to get knowledge on that area. How do I sign up for that? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you from originally? I'm a Canadian. I'm from Ontario. Ontario? Yeah. So you became an expert in Australia. You meet Jason at this event. How do you get to become a partner in Down Under Travel? He was scoping out people in Toronto, and I didn't know he was doing that at the time. Okay. So when I called him, I think he was setting up appointments to meet with people. Mm-hmm. So I met with him at that time, and he showed me the business proposal and the plans, and I was excited. So I said I was on board. We grew over time to up to about four people in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and, and we had to lose some of our staff, which sure. we've been trying to bring back. Yeah. Uh, was Ryan one of those people? Yeah, Ryan was one of those people. Oh, hi, my name is Ryan uh, and I'm a consultant here at Down Under Travel. I've been here maybe nine years in total, not including the pandemic. Uh, I really like the kind of small, um, intimate kind of family atmosphere that we have here at Down Under. Uh, that really is what made me stay for sure. Um, I'm usually more used to more of a corporate atmosphere where this is more uh, family oriented, I I would say. Mm -hmm. We're all friends. So you have three locations. Yeah, and our model is that Jane is my business partner in Vancouver and Stephanie is my business partner in Toronto. We're both equal shares in each office. And it seems to work. It really works because it's their business they run day to day. I'm there for a sounding board and help them along the way, but they also help me and 
What we didn't know, which came to the table at the time, was my expertise more leans to the sales and marketing. Stephanie's expertise more leans to the IT side of things. And Jane's specialty is leaning more towards product procurement. So it was a very complementary kind of yeah. Uh, Quite accidentally, yeah. we created this team that we had all facets that we needed. Yeah. yeah. Great. How did it go in the beginning? Great. Yeah. yeah. Right away. We borrowed forty thousand dollars from the bank to start this business, mm-hmm. and we paid it back within five months, wow. and we just kept going from there on. Yeah. Jason said, you know, when he started in two thousand four, it was pretty much an immediate success for Down Under in Alberta. How was it in Toronto? How was it received? It was an immediate success in Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. Jason had already had some contacts in this area, so it was a little bit easier to get going. And I think people were just looking for our type of business. We we're very specialized in what we do. Right. You're basically catering to folks who just who want to travel to Australia. That seems interesting that you have a travel agency focusing on one country alone. It's really strange. In fact, I thought the same thing when I came here before I started working at the Anza Travel Company that I worked at for seven years prior. First of all, we actually do the whole South Pacific Basin. Okay. So it's bigger than Australia, although Australia is our bread and butter. Australia, New Zealand, Tahiti, that's your Bora Boras and those sort of places, Fiji Islands and Cook Islands and Samoas. So we do all of those. We do African safaris and we recently expanded into India and Central America. And we've also always done Asia vacations too. So we're called Down Under Travel. Most of our business goes to Australia, but we have a lot of supporting destinations as well, which are also long haul, where people are generally making this long haul trip and they want to make it right the first time because they're not likely to do it two or three times. So that's where we come into it and our expertise. Were there any challenges early on uh, to have like a travel agency dedicated solely to getting you know, travelers to no, not at all. There is a lot of business going to the South Pacific. Canada and Australia and New Zealand have a love affair with each other. Right. Very similar lifestyles, very similar people. It's a perfect fit. Yeah. When I was in Australia, my first company was working for um, a company called Jet Set Travel, or actually it was called Blue Ribbon Travel in those days. And the company I worked for was a small ma and pa shop, but they had 10 employees in the one shop. And they were very, very good with the sales and marketing. So I feel like I took the best from uh, John and Illa and, uh, and adapted that to my own style as well. And I think that helped us, well, it's helped me in my career right. go to where I have. And, you know, I actually really enjoy working with my clients and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I enjoy running the business as well. So it's kind of a good match for me. It works really well. We promote ourselves as destination specialists. So my key to this whole equation is that our agents know the destination better than our customers know it. The minute our customers know the destination better than us, we don't have a business. So that's what we look for, destination specialists who know the areas, like the back of their hands, so we can actually really help people and not just be order takers. The customer service is paramount. We make sure all our customers are happy. We do everything possible to make our customers happy. Um, and that one-on-one, so we don't have an online booking engine at all. Our customers talk to our agents, oh, okay. and uh, I think that's been part of a success story in that one-on-one being able to talk and go back and forth and get a hold of their agent and not deal with someone different every time they right. call in uh, or email. They can actually deal with the same person right through. So 
So would you consider yourself kind of a boutique travel agency? Yeah, I'd consider ourselves boutique for sure. Um, we don't belong to any large alliances or other chains or anything. We're just independents. But we're actually a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. So the South Pacific industry is quite small in North America. Everybody knows everybody and we do a lot of business down to that uh, part of the world. And what that does for us is that actually gives us better commission rates because we concentrate our volumes down there. So they entertain us with larger commission rates than what they would do somebody who just books once in a blue moon. So by focusing our business in that area, we earn more money, but we also do a better job of it and we offer a better experience to our clients. Up next, Jason and his team have built a successful agency focused on providing personalized expert service to the South Pacific. What happens when the pandemic shuts down all travel to the area? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. For the past 18 years, Jason Webb and his team have built Down Under Travel into one of the top agencies in Canada, catering to the South Pacific. They've survived pilot strikes, airline closures, even a global financial crisis. But nothing would prepare them for what was coming in 2020. How did they get through it? Let's find out. What's been your biggest struggle? Maybe that's threatened to shut you down. Uh, What would that be? I'm a a forward thinker Mm -hmm. and I'm always looking at the future and looking at the bookings, we, the business we have on the books and where that's going to take us into the future. Right. And uh, I compare our statistics all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we have a down month, I look at it and go, oh, we're down about 15% and I'm constantly doing that. Or if I'm up, we're, we're up, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and we celebrate those ones, of course. And when we're down a little bit, I always think the worst, so I start to panic. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when COVID hit us in March... March the 12th, 2020, nothing. We're an international travel company. We sell international travel. And when our PM uh, announced that the country was closed, um, that was hard, very hard. So we... uh, you know, we we did our best um, in line with our whole business uh, outlook. Our first steps were to look after our customers that we had all around the South Pacific and other right. parts of the world. Get them home. Get them home. We formulated a plan. We thought fast and uh, we made a quick plan. And part of that plan was, you know, with our team uh, in Calgary, Vancouver and Toronto, we just get people home best we can was there a point where you said okay everyone's home we can relax and then move on to the next phase there or a little bit like that but um the next phase was awful it was worse because the phones were quiet right we weren't doing anything we were just sitting there going what next so once the storm sort of passed that initial storm passed we didn't know we've never seen anything like it our whole industry was shut down I didn't believe it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I downplayed it in my head because I, I don't know if I could face the fact that knowing that the business was going to be hit that hard. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Getting emotional. Yeah. 
lot of uh, strategizing and a lot of tears from all of us. Yeah. It was an emotional roller coaster for sure. Yeah. I guess there were layoffs. Yes, unfortunately, and um, in Calgary, I had what I call my dream team. Uh, I had an amazing team in Calgary, and I and I didn't just call them my dream team after COVID. I called them my dream team before COVID as well. We all got along well. It was a great office. The, the energy was there, mm-hmm. the commitment, the, the passion for what we do, and the, the bookings just flowed, right? Because you've got to have all those things before you have the business. You can't fake it. You're not going to get it, right? So everything was just, we were, we were riding high. It was fantastic. And it, it was very, very difficult to sit around the table with each one of them individually and say, I'm sorry, but we just can't. I was just heartbroken. Yeah. But I was losing the best team I've ever had at one time and 18 years of my business building was just gone. I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to put food on the table next week. Right. What I found out after that as well is when you look at my resume, it's great for what I do, right. but it ain't great for anything else, yeah. <laughs> I'm especially trying to get into travel when the world shut down. Yeah. So um, it was I, I was I was very very heartbroken that I had to let my team go. It was very very difficult. Yeah. The hardest thing was losing the staff. Because right. we we invest a lot in our staff, mm-hmm. so um, to just say goodbye like that was was tough. You were one of the uh, layoffs. Unfortunately, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, how did you feel, or were you expecting it? I definitely wasn't expecting it when this first popped up. Um, in the media and everything about how people are getting sick. And I thought it's much ado about nothing and no way this is going to shut down travel. Mm -hmm. And when that kind of came to fruition, I was shocked. I was very upset about it, but kind of bitter about it too, to be honest, it was a very, very tough to kind of be working at the same company for a long time and really not know what your future is. I mean, we're, we're not family, but we do consider ourselves a family run company. So yeah, it it was tough. And, and to be on the brink of losing your business in any industry, Mm -hmm. It's your heart and your soul. And it wasn't through any failure of yours. It was yeah, all outside of my control. Yeah. Being a forward thinker, I actually did put a strategy together, a three-pronged strategy together to help us get through COVID, what I thought would help us get through COVID. Now we knew it was in for the long haul. One of them was to sell domestic travel to Canadians within Canada. The other was to sell domestic travel within Australia and New Zealand to Australians and New Zealanders, and we changed our website all around those two components, put it in Australian dollars and New Zealand dollars. And the other was to promote and sell a new region that we thought was closer to home and be coming out of COVID quicker than Australia and New Zealand. So we uh, embarked on a Central American adventure, Mm -hmm. and we've put together packages and learned and been down there since during COVID to specialise in Panama, Belize, and Costa Rica. All of those things, none of them worked at the time. Right. None of them. Australia and New Zealand selling trips to Australians and New Zealanders within Australia and New Zealand. They were tied down in some cities to within five kilometres. Right. They couldn't leave their house. It just was no good. It didn't work. Then selling travel to Canadians. Canadians, when they're booking their travel to travel within their own country, generally don't look to use travel agents that we right. found out. So that didn't work for us. And uh, selling our new regions in Central America didn't work at all at the time, but actually has come into fruition 
as we're coming out of COVID and has oh, been so a good supplemental business. You continued with that. Yeah. Exactly. But it just didn't work for us at the time. So it was a good investment for us, for sure, in time and money and it's starting to pay off now. So we're happy with that and we're happy to be offering a closer to home destination because we've never had that before. We've right. only had long haul destinations. So here we are now selling uh, these three countries in Central America, which funny enough, not many people do in Canada. Like We kind of found a hole in the market. So, so from July to July, what well, that's, were you doing? Yeah, well, that's where we really found our pivot point purely by accident. We developed another line of business, which was um, repatriating passengers back to Australia one way. Australia was very difficult to get into because of the flight capacities. The flights were capped at uh, 6,500 passengers a week initially. So some flights would only have, well, most flights would have about 40 or 50 passengers going in. 6,500 total to the entire country from all countries, not just... Into all ports. Wow. So every airplane that was going in, and there wasn't that many that was going in anymore, was about 40 to 50 passengers on board. So getting a seat, getting a ticket was like getting the golden ticket on Willy Wonka. Right. So what that did, there was a lot of Australians overseas, a ton of Australians in North America, and we ended up helping Australians get home one way, but we were instrumental in getting them seats on planes without them being cancelled and getting them down there. Now, we don't earn a lot of money on airline tickets, but just the sheer volume, right. it was phenomenal. We ended up uh, actually making more money in 2021 hmm. than we did in 2019, pre-COVID. Really? And we had a good year in 2019. Um, yeah, so just the oldest economics lesson in the book, I guess, is mm-hmm. supply and demand. Yeah. And we had very, very few airlines going in, massive amount of demand. And even the few airlines that were going in, we had sometimes seven seats available. But yeah. we were able to get seats on those planes. Yeah. Sometimes there might be seven seats on a plane, and we had four of them. Right. We worked 24-7. There was no day off. Right. We were taking phone calls 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, people stuck at an airport and trying to work through things and get them help. I remember taking a call at four in the morning from somebody in Dubai who needed help one time. So it became quickly became global. Mm-hmm. But what we also realized soon was that the people who were calling us from Copenhagen and the UK and Germany and wherever else, it was a lot more difficult because there was more regulations with those countries and we just couldn't keep up. Sure. By August 2020, we cut it down just to North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, the US and Canada was the only people we could help effectively. Was it a momentous occasion when you booked your first trip back? <laughs> Um, yeah, there's been a few momentous occasions since that all happened. Mm. And uh, when you look back and think about it and reflect, it just seems a bit of a blur right now. But uh, it all happened so quickly at the time. But yeah, it was when we started to make some bookings going back to our part of the world, it was good. Tahiti opened up before anybody else. Um, They were the leaders in opening up and they had a number of conditions, of course, but we were getting some Tahiti bookings coming in first. I guess Australia was kind of officially opened up in October. Australia announced that, I think it was around the 3rd of October 2021, they announced that they would open up to non-quarantine travel as of uh, for Australians Mm -hmm. only initially as of the 1st of November 2021. Did you find the floodgates were open? Was there a big rush? No. Yeah, no. It was no. still kind of a tentative. No, floodgates were not open in the early new year. It has grown steadily. Mm-hmm. Where the floodgates opened was actually in July, August this year. Okay. And uh, people definitely have that confidence for travel now. 
and that's where it really kicked in and uh, yeah, just absolutely flat out. And yeah. We can't employ people fast enough. Have you gotten back to your pre-pandemic numbers? We have, yeah. So we've definitely gotten back to our pre-pandemic numbers and some, which is not without surprise because there is that pent-up demand with people who want to go, people who were going and cancelled and are now rebooking. So it's not without surprise. Yeah, we're definitely in front of where we were in 2020. Coming up after the break, we find out what the future holds for Down Under Travel. At Moneris, we empower merchants to keep doing business their way, while we handle the payment processing our way. What way would that be? The safe way. The always connected way. The awesome integrated tools to help you make more money way. We know your business never stops, so you deserve products that never stop working. That's why we're committed to providing our merchants with a payment partner that works just as hard as they do to make every sale. Moneris, proud partner of small Canadian business. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. Jason Webb survived a monumental threat to his business down under travel. Now business is back to pre-pandemic levels. It's so good, in fact, he can't hire enough people to keep up with the demand. It seems the future looks bright for Jason and his team. How bright? Let's find out. What does the future look like for down under travel? It looks bright. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very excited where we're going. We've got a renewed energy. Mm-hmm. We're very thankful that the pandemic is over and restrictions are over and people are getting their confidence back to travel. Our part of the world is pristine and beautiful. Uh, we're very fortunate to be sending people to such a beautiful pristine place and there is lots of business out there we're very excited we're moving forward we've got a plan in place which we said will take us into the next 10 years provided we have no more shutdowns of course Um, but even if we do crazy as it seems we know we can get through it now right in terms of growth i mean do you see any expansion happening for down on the travel other cities in canada we do have some quietly ambitious plans Mm -hmm. we're definitely not the type of company to move too fast um, and we're not the type of company need to go heavily into debt to expand. Sure. We expand with our own money and so we do have some quiet plans. We would like to expand a little bit into the USA sure. uh, into the year five of our plan. Mm-hmm. First of all we're more concentrated in just getting back to where we were right. and a little bit more and consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to continue to what I'm doing here in Ontario, keep up the eastern sign of Canada I guess. And grow smarter than we did before. We have the option now to reevaluate everything we did before, what was working, what wasn't. And we've done just that. We've decided on how we're going to take further avenues. So we'll just keep plugging away at getting people to Australia, New Zealand and the South Pacific. We'll grow within. So we'll grow our team within each office. Western Canada, Calgary and Vancouver and Toronto. I know it's not national, but it's kind of national. And it gives us good scope. So our Toronto office feeds into everything from... Manitoba through to Maritimes and Calgary is the other half of Manitoba through to BC and BC is just BC and we find that there's more than enough growth for us there to grow within and grow our staff within. And 
in terms of destinations? I mean, thanks to the pandemic, you've discovered Central America as a destination. Are there any others you're looking at? Well, just before COVID, we actually just developed and produced our first India brochure. Mm-hmm. Now, India is a really, really tricky one because the Canadian public aren't as familiar with India mm-hmm. and maybe fear it a little bit. Uh, so that's something we're continuing with, building that market up. We've developed a little bit more of our Southeast Asia market and then really just developing more product within mm-hmm. the destinations we have. We don't want to take on too much. We want to stay true to our destination specialist specialty. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be everything to everybody. We want to be the best at what we do to anybody who comes along. And I think that's why we got through COVID as successfully as we did was because we are destination specialists and we stay true to that. And that's why people knew that they could come to us to help them get home. Oh, I'm super excited about it. Mm-hmm. We did see, unfortunately, a lot of travel agencies out there fold or just quit. So we realize we're really in demand right now because they're kind of few and far between now. And we have excellent staff. We have excellent knowledge base on what we're doing. So I just see us growing. I'm super excited about it. Oh, I think it's very bright. I mean, we're looking at expanding. Everyone's, even some of my old clients are all coming back and, oh, I'm so glad to, to see that you're back and I can't wait to travel again. It's just kind of the world's, the world's open to Canadians again. And uh, I can't be happier about it. Can't wait to get going and do some traveling on, uh, on my own. For the last 18 years, we've built a solid company. We've built it with a long-term view with every customer that we book. We look to the future very brightly. We know that we're going to grow, but we're probably not going to grow too big. We're going to grow with control. We're going to grow our business in a way that will work for us and grow our business that will work in a way for our clients. We always want to keep that personal touch. We don't want to lose that. That's part of our philosophy. We are here for our customers to provide them with the best service and the best destination knowledge. We know that there is always going to be a demand for our services. We know that our business is going to survive. We know now that we can survive pretty much anything. I don't want to tempt fate with that, of course. We know that we can go on and we know that we will always be able to offer that service to our customers. And as long as our customers want and need us, we'll be there. So I only have one last question for you guys. Is Down Under Travel open? Yes, Yes, we are absolutely absolutely open. open. Excellent. Thank you so much. That's the story of Down Under Travel. I think one of the main things that keeps more people from becoming entrepreneurs is doubt. Doubt in whether the business idea is a good one. Doubt in whether there'll be demand for the product or service. And yes, doubt in whether the business can withstand adversity. I believe Jason when he says he knows that they can survive anything. Imagine how freeing that must feel. All those doubts are gone thanks to the adversity they survived over the past two years. Adversity. A state or instance of serious or continued difficulty or misfortune. That's according to Merriam-Webster. Adversity plus doubt can end a business before it even begins. But adversity plus survival, that is, if you can find a way through the adversity, you will invariably come out the other end much stronger for it and with fewer doubts. As the saying goes, the strongest steel is forged in the hottest fire. And if that's the case, you won't get much stronger than down under travel. Confession time. Australia has been one of my bucket list destinations since I learned about their history and geography in 8th grade. I hope one day to enlist Down Under Travel to help me make that dream come true. And when I do, I know I'll be in good hands. 
Yes, We Are Open is a Moneris podcast production. I'd like to thank Stephanie, Ryan, and Jason for taking the time to share their story. You can learn more about Down Under Travel at downunder-travel.com. You can also follow them on Instagram and Pinterest at Down Under Travel. On Facebook, they're at Down Under Travel CA. And on Twitter, they're at Down Under TV LLTD. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yesweareopenpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Canadian small business owner or know of one with an interesting story of perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at podcast at Tune in next week for another story of small business struggle and survival on the Yes, We Are Open podcast. I'm Al Grego. Thank you for listening. Thank you.